Rabbi Friedman, welcome, my friend, to the Justin Aguirre podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. You are the first rabbi I've ever interviewed on my podcast. Hmm. I'm honored. <laughs> and you are like the most popular rabbi evidently on YouTube. <laughs> so they say. So they say. That is cool. I just want everyone listening to know that up front. This is going to be an awesome conversation. Uh, was researching about you, listening to some YouTube videos, hearing briefly some of your lectures. I know you just recently came out with a book. Is that right? Creating a life that matters. Yeah, yeah. What better What better sentence to, to begin this conversation? I, I feel like that's something that that I'm trying to do right now is, is create a life and an existence uh, that matters. It's one thing to be alive. It's another thing to be living. Um, let me ask you this, and this might be a larger question, but when you think about a good life, what are some immediate thoughts that, that come to mind? The immediate thought would be, I can't wait to wake up. Mm. How many people dread waking up? Yeah. That's painful. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason they dread waking up is because they don't know why. What am mm -hmm. I waking up to? What am I waking up for? Yeah. Okay. It's better than dying. You know, mm. the alternative is not very attractive. Yeah. It's not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So really enjoying life and living life means I can't wait to wake up. Yeah. Gosh, that is such a difference from, uh, you know, I got to get through this day <laughs> uh, to I can't wait to wake up because, I mean, that makes me think about like when it's your birthday or something, you know, that feeling. <laughs> That's that only, good. What? what uh, that only comes once a year. That's yeah. <laughs> Why Why would somebody feel like they can't wait to wake up? Like what What would have to be present in their life for that even to be the storyline? It is so simple, it's shocking. Yeah, all the best truths are that way. They all are the same. <laughs> can't wait to wake up means... I know why I was created and I know how to do it. So let's get on with it. I, I know why I was created and I know how to do it. What do you mean by the second part? I know how to do it. Well, I, I can, I can have an idea of why I exist, but I don't know how to, how to act on it. I don't know. Yeah. How to, there is a purpose, but I don't know how to fulfill that purpose. Mm -hmm. Too heavenly it's too mystical it's too demanding you know when we think about um my purpose and meaning uh, i know for me i've always wrestled with like finding this one thing or finally having the awakening enlightenment enlightenment moment um and i still haven't had it <laughs> and i don't know if it works like that uh, and I feel like I'm gaining meaning in my life, but I've never felt like, oh, you know, it, it's it's been like, if anything, a gradual, slow opening of my eyes and then they close and then they open and then they close, you know. 
what would you when you when you talk about this i know why i was created and and purpose and meaning how, how do you go about describing that there, there's a, a phenomenon that is developing and we have to decide whether it's good news or bad news okay the phenomenon is People are questioning their very existence. Even children are saying, I didn't ask to be born. What do you want from me? Mm. I didn't ask to be born. Yeah. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's set out of depression, then obviously it's a bad thing. But that's because depression is a bad thing. Yeah. But most people today are not saying it out of depression. They're not suicidal. They're just right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask to be born. Is that not yeah. true? Yeah. 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 That's. Uh, there's. It's hard to deny that everyone in the world like has to agree with that. Right. So yeah. when children say to their parents, I don't have to clean up my room. I didn't even ask to be born. <laughs> what the parents should say is not, are you depressed? What the parents should say is, neither did we. <laughs> yes. Who asked Existential dilemma. I like it. Yeah. Existential angst. Yeah. I don't know why I exist. So here I am being very careful with my diet, mm. I exercise and I jog and I run, I, I, I even pump iron and that's gonna keep me here longer, but I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Why would I want to extend my life when I don't even know why I'm alive in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that can kill your day. Yeah. No, but these are these are real deep uh, questions that we all ask. And if we're not asking them, it's because we're massively distracted by the shiny objects around us. Yes. It and takes suffering and brokenness and yeah. confusion to get us to ask these questions. But they're always there. They're always there because they're correct, not because we're desperate. So... To me, that is simply one of the health conditions. To be a healthy person, you have to know why you're waking up in the morning. It's not spiritual, it's not religious, it's not philosophical, it's healthy. Yeah. You don't know why you're waking up, you're not healthy. Yeah. No matter what you eat. Yeah. Or don't eat. Yeah. So listen to this. I heard this years ago and it just, oh, you'll see. Let's hear it. Who is healthy? Describe a healthy person. We have no definition. You say, well, a person who has no pain, no aches, no fever, no, no nausea. Yeah, but that could also be a dead body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the fact that it's without symptoms 
Mm. Doesn't mean you're healthy. It could mean you're dead. Mm. At least develop a sweat. You know what I mean? No, yeah. yeah. No fever, no sweat, no no rash, nothing. Are you still alive? Yeah. Yeah. We have good definitions for illness, but we don't have a definition for health. Ah, it's so good. Now, how do we define illness? That's and if, if I were a doctor and somebody calls me up, especially if it was late at night and I don't really want to talk to him. Yeah. He says, my legs are numb. I can't walk. My question would be, where do you need to go? Because mm. if you don't need to go anywhere, then you don't have a problem. Go back to sleep. If your legs don't work, it's only a problem if you have some place you need to go. Yeah. If you don't need to go, you're fine. That's good. A person says, I can't hear. Is that a problem? If you can't hear, don't hear. Is there something you have to hear? Yeah. See. Well, what if there's nothing to see? Mm. Well, then it's not a problem, right? Mm. Mm. So here's the definition of a healthy person that just blows my mind. A healthy person is someone whose body is in balance. It therefore does not interfere with the mind so that the mind can pursue the purpose for which we exist. You gotta, you gotta go one more time for us, Rabbi Freeman. That was, there was a lot in there, and I almost got it. And then, like, I was like trying to just swallow it all. There's <laughs> repeating. I know. <laughs> a healthy person is someone whose body is in perfect balance, so it doesn't interfere with the mind, allowing the mind to pursue the purpose for which we exist. Okay, so in this quote, there is a distinction between body and mind and it is the mind which pursues its reason and purpose and existence and the body is where the illness occurs not so much in the mind and its right. purpose but illness means distraction from pursuing your purpose correct so it it would it would be in the mind the illness the distraction would be in the mind right? yeah yeah, yeah. It would cripple the mind and not allow it to do what it is supposed to do. So mind and body in harmony is what we're speaking about. Right. So imagine that I don't have a purpose. I don't exist for any purpose. Yeah. Well, then why do you need your legs to walk? Why do you need your eyes to see? What do you need your ears to hear? Why does your mouth have to speak? There is no purpose. You've got no appointment. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to hear anything. So if you can't hear, you can't hear. What's the problem? Why is that an illness? Mm. Imagine a person says, you know, I tried jumping over my car and I, I can't do it. What would a doctor say? Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. So stop. Yeah. Stop trying. What is, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So a person says, I can't see. Well, if you can't see, you can't see. So, so stop seeing. Why is that an illness, but jumping over the car is not an illness? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if I'm not faster than a speeding bullet, that's not an illness. Mm. But if I can't walk a mile, oh, we need to do tests and send you to a specialist. Why? But here's really the punchline. Yeah. The only way to define illness is relative to the purpose for which we exist. Because if we don't exist for a purpose, then whatever. If you can walk, walk. If you can't, don't. Everything is proceeding upon knowing your purpose. Because when you know that, it actually allows you to be comfortable with your own limitations. It, it allows you to live. Yeah. It gives you a definition for health, for illness, for good, for evil. Yeah. It all comes from there is a purpose that I'm supposed to pursue. If you don't let me pursue it, you are evil. Mm. You're a communist. Yeah. If I can't pursue it because I need to get somewhere and my legs won't take me, then somebody fix my legs because I got to get there. Yeah. But if I have no appointment, I don't need to be anywhere. I don't need to hear anything. And why do I need to hear? And why do I need to walk? Yeah. So really, it comes down to, do we have an appointment or don't we? Yeah. And the yeah. answer is we have an appointment. Everyone has an appointment. Yeah. And it's that appointment that brought you into existence. Mm. You don't need it, but you are needed. Ah, that's good. That's, you don't need it, but you are needed. Yeah. We are not here for our need because, hey, I didn't ask to be born. And the reason I don't ask to be born is because I don't need to. That's good. That's the so then why am I here? Because my mother needed to? Yeah. No, she was also yeah. not asked. Oh, this is this is getting good here. This is getting good here because now you're you're removing you're removing the the self and you're putting emphasis on the other. And if everyone does that, then we're all taken care of. We're so much healthier immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a removal of of the ego um, of our own. Well, well, what it does is it enters other things enter the equation when you remove this. Um, things like compassion, grace, love, peace, connection, or, harmony. Or in one word, health, service, service. Yes. I am here to serve, not to be served. Mm. That is such a relief. Yeah. Ah. You know, when I, I want to go here with you because I, I hear from a lot of, and I'm with you on, it's about serving, not being served. Um, but then there's this other end I hear in culture that's like, take care of you, do you self self love like all about you like no one's gonna do it for you and it's like and yet it's like this paradigm with like but it's all about service and giving to others and <laughs> making it not about you 
So how do you hang these two and hold these two together? Or do you? Yeah. Well, if you don't believe that you are needed, then out of desperation, you're going to create yourself needs that make you needy for which you're going to be driven, right? Because you got to have something driving you. So imagine the average person wakes up tomorrow and says, you know, I don't need this. That's dangerous. And they become fatalistic or nihilistic or suicidal. Yeah. Because if I don't need it, then there's nothing left. Yeah. But if you believe in a creator, mm. then yeah, you can let go of your ego. Yeah. And your existence will be stronger, not weaker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out that this pop psychology business with good self-image, high self-image, take care of yourself first, you come first. Yeah. yeah. It, it is such a such a desperate way of thinking. And the truth is, people with a good self-image are no happier, no happier than people with a low self-image. Mm. It's just a different kind of anxiety. Mm. Because it's about the other. It's about servitude. It's about giving yourself away. Because when you do that, you actually find a different type of self-love. So you get what you really want, but it's by giving it to another. Truth, is that what you're saying? The truth is, we all have sufficient self-love. If you don't kill yourself, well, actually, even if you kill yourself, it's out of love. <laughs> no? It's out of ego, yeah. It's out of self-ego, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to put up with this pain. Yeah. So who are you protecting? Somebody else? No, you're protecting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have more than enough self-love the message should be can you share a little bit of it or are you going to keep it all for yourself yeah now imagine keeping it all for yourself it's disturbed imagine a guy is worth 200 billion dollars and he's keeping it all for himself yeah you're crazy you're crazy not just selfish and cheap yeah you're crazy what are you gonna do with billions of dollars oh it's mine i know it's yours what are you gonna do with it i'm keeping it you're crazy so i have a lot of love well what are you doing no i'm loving myself you're crazy it's like talking to yourself just because yeah. you are capable of talking so yeah. you to yourself yeah take you away yeah yeah. None of what we have that is ours was meant for us. Nothing about my life is meant for me, mm. including my life. Yeah. Yeah. As you speak, it's almost like a, for everyone listening, like upon hearing these words and just thinking and meditating on that way of living you have to release you have to let go you have to surrender like everything about what you're saying is an open hand but the good news is it's not like you have to surrender 
There's nothing to surrender. You don't need anything. Mm. What you You're not giving up what you need or want. You don't need it. Yeah. So you're not being noble or, or, or angelic. You're just being healthy. Ooh. So now it's not even a sacrifice. It's, it's more of like what you should be doing. It's, it's the best way to live. It is the truth. Yeah. It's a simple fact. I don't need this. And 10 year olds are saying it. They're not philosophers. I didn't ask to be born. I don't need money. <laughs> yeah. What do I have to go to school for? I don't need Yeah. Yeah. And we punish them for that. It's it's it, that's where the anxiety comes in because it, it's a re, it's a realization, a self realization that they don't matter, that I don't matter, but yet I have all these desires in me, right? So I don't matter. I don't need it's to be right. here, but I want all this. All these things that I want and desire, I didn't ask for. Yeah, I'm saddled with these desires. I don't even want them. Yeah, you want to go on a diet and you can't. What kind of curse is that? That's me. I need to eat. No, I need to stop eating. And I can't. Who did this to me? I didn't ask for this. Mm. Mm. Whatever the issue is. What is this famous story about a sage back in the olden days who saw this guy on the side of the road and he said to him, Boy, are you ugly? And the guy said, well, don't complain to me. Complain to my maker. What the sage was doing was humbling the guy to admitting that it's not about him. Because mm. he was so arrogant, he thought everything was him. Mm. Self-made man. Yeah. So. The sage said to him, oh, you're a self-made man? Why'd you make yourself so ugly? And for the first time in his life, he admitted that he didn't make himself. Mm. He's a maker. Mm. And the maker makes you the way he needs you, not the way you want. Because mm. you don't want anything. Mm. You don't even want to be born. Yeah. So you are what your maker needs you to be. You don't need anything. Yeah. So you are needed. You don't have needs. Mm. So like God needs you to sleep, not you need to sleep. Yeah. Because yeah, sometimes you, you don't want to sleep. You become like a, I feel like what you're talking about, it's almost like you're, you're, the divine image you're a vessel it's 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 flowing through you and it, it's really not about you um but that doesn't mean that you're not fulfilled in life because it's it's that very notion and that very act that you're saying gives you fulfillment yeah yeah i'm trying to think about the times that i had the most fulfillment in my life and they always uh, involved like a, a release of something, a letting go or a connection with someone else or a giving away of something. 
that that's always what brought me the most joy and the times that i've been the most hurt i think recently were probably when i was like i just had a really strong victim based mentality and i was sitting alone in my chair moping about it the victim mentality comes from being needy yeah if I didn't feel needy, I would never be a victim. Yeah. So what, I guess I want to ask you this, but what do we need? Like, cause you're saying we don't need anything, but like, I feel like, I feel like it almost sounds like blasphemy to say that. Like there's gotta be something that you need. Like yeah. there is one thing I need. Tell me why I'm here. That's it. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good, Rabbi. That's so good. You would say that. That would be your response. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, because now, now it's, it's, well, we got to go here, right? You're a rabbi. You hinted at creator maker. We got to talk about about God because for me, I can't go in this conversation because it it actually opens up my heart to God, and it makes me want to ask, why am I here? Like, what do I have? Um, okay. So the question, why am I here, is universal. Yeah. Always been around. People have always asked that question. Yeah. Why are we here? Why am I yeah. here? Why am I here? Yeah. What makes you ask that question? Yeah. Who says you're here for a reason? Yeah. You happen to be here. Enjoy. Why is that too hard? The, the, the search for meaning, search for purpose comes from the fact that we are created out of a purpose. Yeah. So it's in our DNA. The worst thing for a human being is senseless um, purposeless events. It drives us crazy when we think, oh, that happened for no reason. Ooh. No reason for that to happen. Yeah. That makes us crazy. It's not pain that destroys us. It's the thought that the pain shouldn't have happened. Mm. And if things can happen when they shouldn't happen, I quit. I cannot function like this. Human intelligence does not permit. If it's random and has no purpose, it, it, it freaks me out. Yeah. More than pain, more than suffering, more than disaster. We can survive any disaster if it made sense. But when things don't make sense, we're completely destroyed. Yeah. And that's a compliment to the human being. Yeah. We can handle pain, but we can't ha handle senselessness. Mm. Mm. And that's why if I wake up in the morning, and I think that my existence is senseless, that'll make me sick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're almost uh, making me think of the the book of Ecclesiastes and, and the writer is, is going on and on about like what's the purpose like everything like meaningless and then he it actually leads him into like a, a sadness throughout throughout all the chapters and um i'm trying to remember how how it ends if you could remind me but i think there was a hopeful line at the end yes the whole thing of ecclesiastes is there is nothing in my life that justifies my life nothing not brilliance not intelligence not talent, it doesn't justify my existence. The conclusion is, I'm not here to justify my existence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm That's here the to serve the creator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But basically, is saying exactly what we're saying. Yeah. I am not needy. I don't need to be intelligent. I don't need to be smart. I don't need to be talented. Mm. I don't need it. Mm. So if I have talents, it's not for me. Yeah. That is so sane. Never mind holy or yeah. ideological. No, it's just so sane. Yeah. It's so sane and it's so simple. And I want to ask you, why is it so hard to accept it's getting easier. That's the good news. Okay. When a 10 year old is comfortable with the thought, it's getting easier. Yeah. Okay. 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 On the contrary, it's becoming harder and harder to live without it. Yeah. Yeah. Our neediness is making us sick. We yeah. can't take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I like to joke about it, you know, when all your needs pile up and you can't carry them anymore you go for therapy but what happens you come to the therapist and you say i have too many needs i can't handle all these needs I, you know, what does the therapist say you think you know your needs you don't even know your needs they're subconscious you have needs you haven't even thought of yeah because your mother never wanted to have you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't compete with your brother. So you're really <laughs> desperate for attention. So you have needs you haven't even admitted to. Yeah. The reaction should be, excuse me, I didn't come here to find more needs. Yeah. <laughs> not well, helping. Not helping. <laughs> What's interesting about the person with all the needs is even if you gave them all of it, every need was met, everything they wanted, they had, they would still feel the same <laughs> because there would be more that would pile up because or they would still feel the angst. Because feeling needy is wrong. It's not true. So I'm carrying an artificial burden. I'm, 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 I'm not being real. Because I don't need. Yeah. That's why it's so depressing. So if psychology doesn't help, you go to religion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come. I got too many needs. I got too many needs. Can you help me? And what does religion tell you? Oh, you think you got needs now? Wait till you die. Yeah. Then you'll have real needs. Yeah. You're not helping. 
you're not helping. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I'm trying to get away from needs. Don't give me new ones. Yeah. Yeah. I may give a simple example. A kid is overseas on a trip. Yeah. And he comes to some guy and says, I need to call my mother. Can I use your phone? And the guy says to him, you need to call your mother? I don't think so. Mm. The kid says, no, I, yeah, I, I need to call my mother. No, I don't think so. So the kid says, uh, yeah, you're right. My mother needs me to call her. Can I use your phone? Oof. If I say I need to call my mother, I am lying. I don't need to call my mother. I'm on an adventure. I'm overseas. I'm having fun. I yeah. don't need to call my mother. Yeah. But my mother has been sitting by the phone for over an hour waiting to hear from me. Yeah. Yeah. So you see what happens? She needs me to call and I attribute it to me. I need to call. Mm. You're making yourself crazy. Mm. You don't, she does. In other words, what is needed from you is that you call your mother. Mm. You don't need it. Mm. Try to be a little honest. Yeah. I need to make a living. No, you don't. You didn't ask to be born. Yeah. But somebody needs you here. Somebody created you with a need to make a living. Yeah. But it's not your need. Stop lying. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the truth. I want to ask you this, Rabbi. Um, how does one go about, because I'm thinking about the listener right now. Like, I hear you guys like, that makes complete sense. How do I go about like tomorrow? It's 8 a.m. I got to go to work. How does this apply to my life? How do I go about making it not about me and discovering that I don't need anything and my maker wants to flow and act through me? How do I even begin that process in my real life? So imagine somebody says, I have to go to work. I don't want to go to work. I want to serve my creator. Going to work serves your creator. Because who created the need for work? Not you. Animals don't need to go to work. Mm. They run around, they find something to eat, and then they go home. Yeah. Why can't you do that? Because God created you differently. So he needs you to go to work. He needs you to sleep eight hours a day. He needs you to eat three times a day. You don't need any of that. So imagine if you were simply honest. When you get hungry, God needs you to eat. So serving God and doing what God wants doesn't mean sitting on a mountaintop and meditating. Mm. In fact, that's not what God wants. Yeah. 
That's so good. If you realize that you don't have needs, then everything becomes about God. You eat because that's how God created you. You go to work, that's how God created you. You go to sleep, that's what God wants. I don't want it. Yeah. If I designed myself, I wouldn't have to sleep half my life away. Yeah. Yeah. And and this would take connection and communication with this maker to grow this 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 relationship. See, that's why God is important. If the reason I'm here is because he needs, I got to get to know him. Yeah. If he is the reason for my existence, yeah. how can I not know him? Yeah. What does he want? Why does he want? How does he want? Yeah. I don't want anything. Yeah. It is so liberating. It is. It is. It is so healthy, healthy, yeah. not religious, not spiritual. It's yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's human, right? It's, it's the God and the human as, as almost as one. It's like, it, it's the best way to be a human being in the world. You know? um, so, yeah. What is the definition of a human being? How are we different from an animal? Okay, we're a little more intelligent. We can think abstractly. All right. So we're a smart animal. Is that the difference? An animal wants to be an animal, is content to be an animal, and gets upset only if you don't let it be an animal. Mm. If you put little booties on your dog. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm an animal. Yeah. I like being an animal. Don't, don't try to humanize me. Mm. So animals are perfectly content to be animals. You let the cow chew on the grass. He's in seventh heaven. Yeah. Human beings are not like that. Here's the definition. A human being is someone who is never content being human that is a definition <laughs> yeah unlike the animal who is content to be what he was created to be mm. human being is never content to be what he was created to be mm. because a human being needs to feel like he's a partner not just a receiver so God created me human. Well, that's nice. What did I do? What did I add to that? I was born human. I died human. That's, that's a waste of a life. So the human being who says, just leave me alone. I've got my little house. I've got my little yard. I've got my little boat and I go out fishing. And as long as you don't interfere with me, I'm happy. Like an animal. That's the happiness of an animal. A human being, by definition, is never content being human. Because yeah. I need to become something more. So if there's no God, 
I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the this this eternal thirst, this desire for never never happy, yet pursuing happiness, never content, yet seeking fulfillment in all things. Right. So everybody acts this out in some way you become part of a group well that's more important than just myself i become part of a team i i i I've joined causes i become an environmentalist i become a a, a, cr a crusader for something bigger than me and very often those issues and those isms turn out to be evil and destructive and but you're desperate for something so when communism came up in in europe wow it's a cause i can liberate the workers i'll die for that cause anything to get beyond myself but that wasn't beyond yourself, that was beneath yourself. Mm. That's, that's good. <laughs> so what is beyond me? In Christianity, becoming an angel. We're already greater than angels. That's a step down. Mm. So what is there that is greater than a human being? Hmm. Only the creator. Yeah. Yeah. So God is a necessity, not a religious belief. And unfortunately, religion has corrupted it because religion made it all about your salvation. Yeah. I don't need salvation. Yeah, I would even say I, I already have it, and I still feel this way. Yeah. I need salvation because I was born in sin. I didn't ask to be born. I don't need this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. Which means another interesting thing. Today, unlike all of history, threats don't work. An amazing thing. Threats don't work. It used to be very effective. Hey, you got to plow the field or there'll be no food in the winter and we're going to die. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go do it. Mm. Yeah. Hey, if you say to somebody, you got to do this or you'll die, it's like, is that your best <laughs> argument? It's like, don't do drugs, it'll kill you. So, what's your point? Yeah, it's a great observation. The the power of threats has, it's almost like the 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 role of the dictator, um, that mode of authority is starting to lessen, and um, you see that in I used to do uh, be a coach, uh, that that role of the authoritarian coach or that leader. We don't like that guy anymore. He's kind of like. We 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 much rather prefer someone who. Well, I'll let you go ahead and finish. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, 
threats don't work because the ultimate threat is that you'll die. Oh, I already told you I didn't ask to be born. Yeah. You're not threatening me. Yeah. And the same is true with religion. Oh, you'll go to hell. Is that the best you can do? <laughs> so true. So true. I don't need to be moral. I don't need to be good. I don't need to be innocent. I don't need it. Oh, you're going to go to hell. I still don't need it. <laughs> like what? Yeah. What has hell got to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. And that's that's a that's progress. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that's happening and there's a there's a shift in humanity, a shift in consciousness. There's a bigger conversation happening now where as humans, we're realizing that what I do has an effect on you. The way I treat you somehow has an indirect effect on my mood and the energy I put out. Even the word energy and flow and connection and vibe. These are all words like people, me, 35 and under use. And it's like, we're starting to, to see more and more the importance of, of God, man. You know, to be honest, because uh, it's just when you say that word, there's so many things, right, that it can mean. Um, and it's so loaded, but it's the best way I can describe what's happening. So in purely uh, health terms, the cure of tomorrow, the ultimate cure is placebo. Explain that. <laughs> If I think I'm healthy, I am healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the best cure in the world. Yeah. I don't know why people mock it. Oh, yeah. it's just a placebo effect. Yeah. That's the greatest cure in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking, uh, my last podcast was with a woman who she did a TEDx talk and she's like 93 years old and she's of Jewish background. And she talks about something that she does in the morning and she has her I am statements, obviously very much rooted in, in Judaism. And, and she was just saying how, I mean, she's, she's healthy, 93. And she was just saying the power of saying, I am this, I am this, I am this thinking, I am this, I am this. It creates a new reality and it creates health in her body to keep her going. Is she a survivor? Of Holocaust? Oh, I didn't ask her that. I didn't ask her that, but I'd love to know. You know yeah. It's amazing that the survivors of the Holocaust who were tortured and tormented and abused, all of them live to be 98. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So strange. Yeah, you're right. Anytime I hear she was 90, I think, oh, she was a survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting, right? It's so interesting. That's beautiful. Yeah. Gosh, Rabbi Friedman, this has been an incredible conversation that I know is is providing so much just freedom for people, you know, so much freedom. And I can't thank you enough for for this conversation and, and these moments with you. And I know even for me, it, it's deeply affected my life and my own perceptions of of reality and existence. So I just want to say thank you again. 
thank you for the opportunity to share this because I think this is the future, the immediate future. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, and that's that that gets me so excited, you know, because I feel like I, that it, that gives me like a, I have a voice in, in what's coming, like the spiritually inclined. We we. Yeah, it's just something else is occurring. And I want to be someone that's helping because, like you said, it's it's not about me. It's it's, it's about God and me, you know. I would like to hear the, the therapist all therapists, when the patient comes and says, I'm paranoid, I'm frightened, I'm scared, I'm discouraged, I can't do anything right, nobody loves me, I, I would love to hear the psychiatrist says, so what? So what? Well, I can't stand this. So what? So what? Yeah. Go do something useful and worthy. Yeah. You are needed. Yeah. Not needy. Yeah. Yeah. I I want everyone listening to remember that phrase that you are needed, you are not needy, because that alone is a mindset shift for a lifetime. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you, brother.